All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Mental Health Monday, where we aim to provide an open space for dialogues about a number of mental health topics and how folks are being affected on local, state, and national levels. Guests and topics on the show range from psychiatrists, psychologists, school drug and grief counselors, and any other professionals in the field. Testimonials from those affected by mental health issues, such as students, veterans, first responders, and more. We also hear from folks who are organizing events around the community that promote or bring awareness to mental health issues, with the main goal being normalizing these mental health dialogues. We're in studio today with Julie Elledge from the Veterans Talking to Veterans and Mentor Agility Coaching Groups. Very, very, very important work that they're doing. Um, They partnered with the Wyoming Veterans Commission and Governor Gordon to create uh, these coaching scenarios where they train veterans to talk to veterans um, about issues and uh, healing through the art of storytelling. Uh, Julie's going to explain it much better than I can. Uh, I'm excited to learn more about it, uh, but on a, a local level here, too, we have a group, the Lander Community Veterans Resource Center, uh, run by Michael and Lori Tanner. We've had them on the show a couple of times. They were at the uh, graduation ceremony. They are coaches who have graduated the Veterans Talking to Veterans program. So we're going to talk about what that looked like, um, some upcoming events that they have. Uh, Julie's in town right now for a mental health summit put on by the governor that happened on July 20th. We'll get a little roundup of how that went. Uh, But before we dive into all of that, how are we doing this morning, Julie? Great. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I know you're busy. I know you're running around the state uh, doing a lot of important work. And like I just said, you're here in town right now for that uh, mental health summit. Uh, you're going to be going over to uh, check out the Resource Center. It's very mm-hmm. cool. We actually have a location so now. And, uh, for any of our listeners who don't know, like I just said, we have the Lander Veterans Resource Center. But I'm on the board. I'm the secretary on that board of directors with Um, Michael and Lori. So it's been very cool seeing this get built from the ground up. And it all kind of started with uh, veterans talking to veterans and graduating that program. So if you wouldn't mind, just give us some background information on uh, yourself and the formation of those groups. Thank you very much, Vince. Uh, I have to say, first of all, that you're doing really important work, getting this information out and helping people understand the importance of mental health, as well as the concerns with mental illness is such important work. It really is. Uh, And we we just uh, want to do anything that we can to get folks like yourself on the show who are doing the real the real hard work. (laughs) But uh, sometimes people just don't know that it's going on. So that's that's where we step in. Yeah. Well, it all started um, when we pulled out of Afghanistan and uh, I had already gotten three phone calls from people that I had trained uh, in our trauma-informed coaching that had told me that they had been, for example, walking through a parking lot and stopped somebody from attempting suicide. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I have to do something. This wasn't in necessarily in Wyoming. So I called uh, the Wyoming Veterans Commission and said, we've got a problem. This is triggering a lot of veterans. We have to do something. And so Tim Shepard said, what do you got? Let's solve some problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so out of that conversation, Veterans Talking to Veterans was born. So Veterans Talking to Veterans, we quickly realized that what the veterans needed were one of their own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what we decided to do was to train veterans or a family member who live the mil- who have lived the military life and train them to be trauma-informed coaches, which is different than therapy. Right. 
Right. Therapy is intended, it's driven by insurance. So at the resolution of the symptoms of mental illness, uh, it's over. Mm-hmm. And then we have peer groups, which are also really important. And that's when you come together for like-minded reasons. And that's important because that creates a sense of camaraderie and right. connection. Right. Our groups are different because they are coaching groups. So one of those outcomes is camaraderie. But our coaches are trained to recognize a traumatic reaction. They're also trained to understand the warning signs of mental illness. They're also uh, trained, and this is often a lost piece in the whole story, but also of chronic illness. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. there's a relationship between chronic illness and mental health. And that has a lot to do with lifestyle and things like that. So what the coaches do is they have free meetings uh, once a week in their community. And it is a gathering place to come. And real quick, too, these, these are all over the state right now, correct? They're in 12 communities, and we will be expanding those as well. That's amazing. So we have three coaches here in Lander. We have Wade and Lori and Michael. And so what they're trained to do is they begin, number one, they always take an oath. What's said in the, in the meeting stays in the meeting. That's a really important piece. There's no tracking. Nobody takes a list of who's there and who's not there. Mm-hmm, Anybody mm-hmm. is welcome. Everybody is welcome. So veterans and their family members uh, are who attend these meetings. Then at the meetings, after they've taken an oath... We begin by telling a story. Yeah, talk us through uh, what uh, what one of these uh, one of these uh, sessions looks like. So it may sound kind of crazy that we're telling people a story and that they get healed through mm-hmm, the story mm-hmm. and that they grow through the story because that's an important piece of what's different about coaching. They are trained in motivation and growth. So there's something called post-traumatic growth, and there's also resiliency. They're different, but. By telling, when we talk and we connect, we're telling each other's story, and it's an interactive process. Mm -hmm. So you and I right now are creating a story. Right. And so what we do is we use ancient myths that have stood the test of time. These are very, very old myths. And we tell just a little bit of a story. And from that story evokes all kinds of thoughts and feelings, but it's about the story. Like, you may get really angry, like, why did they do that? I'm so mad at that mm-hmm, character mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, yeah. Or they may be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's going to happen to them right now. It can't. What's going to happen? Yeah. You know, it creates this anticipation. And they, we get really wrapped up in a story. That's why we like movies and mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. like books and things like that. And so from that, we're able to process what happened to us. Because we can only hear through our own experience. So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't spark a PTSD response, for example. Uh, it, ju- it creates a sense of wonder. It creates a sense of curiosity. It gets them out of their own heads for a minute, too, but also in, a, in a relatable way. Yes, exactly, because we're relating to the story. Sometimes we're the hero. Sometimes we feel like the villain. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. we are able to turn around and see uh, the motivations and we look at, like, what's the motivation of this character and why are they doing that, we're able to kind of put the pieces together. When we experience a traumatic event, it's like hitting a wall. If it becomes uh, 
something more that we that we're going through and it kind of lingers in our head and we re-experience it it's because it doesn't make sense to us we can't take those strands of that experience and make it into something meaningful. We learned this from Viktor Frankl, who wrote the book, you know, Man's Search for Meaning. We have to be able to make meaning of our experiences. And so we're able to respond to the story and talk and be listened to. That Mm -hmm. is another really key component. It's huge. Is to be able to have somebody say, hey, I was there, or, or I understand from my own experience. And we often think we're isolated, nobody else did. And I think that's such an important concept, too, because I've got a number of friends who are veterans, and, you know, a lot of them are were struggling with issues. They reach out to friends like myself. You know, I try to be there for them as much as I possibly can. But even at the time, I recognized, I was like, I really think you might need to talk to someone who has common ground with you, because uh, even they brought up, uh, you know, they talked to a psychiatrist, psychologist, uh, if they don't know how to relate on some level to someone who's been through war. And if you've, uh, if you're not knocking any psychologist or psych, they, they know what, how, how, yeah. how to work through that. But if you can actually relate to a person and uh, talking about that, it's just, it's that much more uh, beneficial to the veteran. Well, when you have experienced some traumatic event, 20% will seek out therapy and will need that therapeutic intervention. But a lot of people don't. And that's where like things like substance abuse come into play is because they're trying to forget as opposed to work they, through. Yeah, work through. And it's not because they don't want to work through. It's because they don't know how they don't know how. And it's hard. I mean, when you've got a very traumatic uh, incident in your life and especially anything that happens in war, I mean, that's something that a lot of the, the general public has no idea how to uh, what, what that's like, you know, our trauma versus veterans trauma is very, very different. And uh, pushing it away and not addressing it uh, is pretty common. So having uh, groups like yourselves and other veterans that you can potentially talk through those things and work through them so that you've been pushing off for the for so many years, you might finally realize, wow, I can get through this. Well, and there's a couple things to what you just said that are really, really important. First of all, Veterans are service-oriented, whether they had a good experience or, or a bad experience mm-hmm. in, um, through their military experience. They come out of that with, you know, they, the military gave them uh, oftentimes purpose, mm-hmm. and then they leave the military. It's finding that purpose. They have extraordinary experiences that the general population doesn't know. So I'm a family member of a veteran, but I'm not a veteran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they, and they are always so gracious for me, to me. But I'm not the one right. that they want to hear my perspective on a story. Mm-hmm. They want to hear the other veterans. What's your impression? What did you, what is your thoughts about this story? What do you, how do you analyze this mm-hmm, story? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, that veterans are often trying to protect uh, the therapist, for example. If they have not had that experience, they don't want to bring to you, they're service-oriented, I don't want to have you experience what I experienced. And so by giving them somebody who's already experienced it becomes a a different kind of healing experience. That doesn't mean they shouldn't go to therapy if they need therapy because there's a specific skill sets that therapists mm-hmm, have. Mm-hmm. But a coach 
also has a specific skill set. And so those coaches are equipped with a variety of tools and techniques to help uh, veterans open up without uh, triggering those kinds of PTSD responses. Totally. And I think it's very important, too, to bring back up what you mentioned, that uh, it's not just for veterans, for these coaches. It's families of veterans, too. Yes. And I think that's such an important concept because – you know, they take the brunt of a lot of things, the, the family members, and not in a bad way. I don't mean that in, in, in uh, the, the veterans lashing out or anything like that, but they're the ones who are living with someone who may not be able to communicate those things because, like you just said, they're hiding it. They don't want it. They don't want their loved ones to experience what they've been through. But if they have those skills. Well, and it's not just the veteran who's serving. The family members are serving as well. They're answering a call because they love the veteran. So mm-hmm. it's the veteran and the family. And another thing, you talked about combat. Like if people assume that the traumatic experience is because of something they've seen in war. Trauma is also because they're separated from their family. Yeah. It's because they're not there for their child to see their child walk for the first time or graduation or their kid was struggling and they've turned to drugs or gotten involved with the wrong group and they weren't there. So there's guilt and shame about not being present for their family. Or like you even said before, uh, not having that uh, day-to-day purpose, that everyday mission, you take that away and they have a specific set of skills. And now all of a sudden, like, or like you said, extraordinary skills that they can't use in everyday life. They, they've kind of, some of them may have lost that sense of purpose, and that's trauma-inducing on itself. It is. And here's the thing. We are on ground zero for suicide per capita. We have the highest suicide in the country by a tremendous amount. It's not just a hair. Mm -hmm. It's not just a hair. It is we are ground zero. We need veterans to come to these meetings because this is not a mental illness problem that can be solved in a therapy office. This is a society issue. Mm -hmm. This is being supported by the U.S. Surgeon General who just in May released a a report that said one out of two Americans are lonely. And there are health consequences. There's mental mental health and physical health. This can't be solved. Mm -mm. We're leaning too hard on on therapists. We are built to take a hit and heal. Just like you get a cut mm-hmm. and it heals your body, our psyche is meant to heal. And therapy is a modern invention. War is ancient. And storytelling is ancient. Mm-hmm. That's why we use storytelling, because it heals us. To be able to listen and hear somebody el- else, that heals us. And so we need all veterans not just the ones who are hurting. We need all veterans to show up in these meetings because if they don't need it, that's fine. And we're not going to go digging around and say, tell me your story. Right. Tell me the traumatic event yeah, that happened. Yeah, exactly. That is the work of the therapist. We don't do that. You open up and say whatever you want. They're not trained to go dig around. They're trained to hold your story with reverence. But we need every veteran to show up to be that ear who is willing to listen, to engage, to support, and care. And the coach is trained to facilitate that and move that conversation in a growth orientation and not take it in the wrong direction where they will further harm somebody else. 
And that's the key. So we need all veterans to come to these meetings. And especially here in Wyoming, too, you mentioned a pretty crazy statistic there that, what was it, 10% of Wyoming's population are comprised of veterans? Yes. Was that correct? Yes. So we have 10%. So here's the thing. We have that, we're ground zero. We have the highest suicide rate in Wyoming. The therapeutic community is, is less than 0.03%. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can't, we need to let therapists do what they do because that's enough to serve the people who have mental illness. And they should pursue that if they have mental illness. Right. This is a society issue. We are capable of self-healing. So we need veterans to come together and start healing because no matter what room you're in, 10% are veterans. So that would include if you're going to parent night, 10% are veterans. Mm -hmm. Suicide, we have a high suicide rate with teenagers. We have a high suicide rate in every population. It takes three, it takes 3% of the population to create a trend. Only 3%. Mm-hmm. We have 10%. Yeah. <laughs> now you take their families and we just take an average because there's not a, a really a statistic that we can find how many veterans and family members. Mm-hmm. But if we take the average of 2.5 in a household, now we have 25% of Wyoming have somehow served in the military, right. whether it is support to the veteran or the veteran themselves. So who better to solve this problem than veterans and their family members? 100%. If we can heal them, it will spill into every other domain, every other demographic. It'll heal the teenagers. It'll heal, you know, every single uh, demographic by simply creating wellness in the veterans community. And I thought it was very, <clears throat> very cool at the uh, Veterans Fair at the National Museum of uh, Military Vehicles in Dubois. That's where you all had your um, coaches graduation ceremony. And as you just mentioned, we have three veterans talking to veterans graduates here in Lander. Yes, we do. Yes. Uh, what can you tell us about that event? Uh, how did that kind of all formulate? Uh, and how did you know that that was the place and time to do it? Uh, so we wanted to... Um, let people know about our Veterans Talking to Veterans program. Uh, it is ind- endorsed by the Wyoming governor, so we were very fortunate that the governor of Wyoming handed uh, the diplomas to It was each. amazing. It was such an amazing ceremony. It meant so much to them as well. And then they received also from the Veterans Commissioner, Tim Shepard. We had Lee Alley. We had Dan Starks from the museum that uh, all congratulated uh, those all of our veterans talking to veterans coaches. And they gave testimonies. Even in the training, there was very meaningful and healing moments as you're training them. We have to heal the the healers, right? So um, in the training, we brought together 20 people who did not know each other and or who might have known of each other, but there was not a single like, we're buddies, we're close friends. They didn't know each other. And by the end of the training, they are such a tight-knit group of people, and they see themselves as a network across the state ready to pick up and serve. And they're leaning heavily into each other. We have uh, 
couple times a, week, uh, a month. We have supervision groups. We have coaching labs for them. So they're always interacting with each other. They're reaching out. Hey, I need help on this. Can you show up for me? Uh, so that in itself, there's just the strength um, among each other that they can lean on to, with each other. And so they're now so highly motivated to help. It's never like, oh, come on, do I have to do that, Julie? Right. It's not that. They when, are, are we, when are we starting? When yes, are we going? Yes. Let me, add, you know, they want to keep doing it. It's like, oh, you want me to do that too? Yes. So here's the thing that's really interesting that, we're, that we see happening in the, in the groups. So now we have really motivated coaches. They are there to help. But then people start coming to the meetings and they want to help too. It's igniting a sense of purpose and meaning among the veterans. There are ways that people help and support in the group. They recognize that their words matter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how broken they may feel or how healthy they may feel. They are all getting something really powerful out of listening to each other. And you don't find people interrupting each other or it's just such a respectful um, powerful environment to be in that's amazing and uh you guys had the graduation uh you're right now in town for the uh, mental health summit you're spreading the word Uh, tell us a little bit about what was going on with the mental health summit here in lander well there is an amazing effort um led by the governor's office and Jen Davis, who is the mental health advisor that to the governor. And we are having quarterly meetings. There are many organizations that are involved in this, a lot of great leaders in the communities that are coming together. And each quarter we're making efforts to really identify the problems and looking for solutions. And it was out of my being a part of that, this, um, this effort Uh, And seeing all the great work that is happening, lots of creativity and innovation, um, that we came up with the idea to have the Veterans Resource Fair. So at the museum, we had 44 organizations show up uh, to talk to the veterans. And they were amazing, the people that showed up. A lot of times we've heard things about uh, different organizations, and we don't really... Real, you know, they, they, they seem like an institution, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it wasn't an institution that showed up. They were people that showed up. Right, and right. so it was an, it was, uh, an outcome of this uh, mental health uh, summit that is happening in our state. There's really a lot of great opportunities, but how do you let the veterans know about all these opportunities? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you lower those defenses of being able to reach out. Well, it's because when you go and you show up, a lot of these um, organizations are staffed by veterans. Yeah, yeah. There's that immediate relatability. Yes. So we had um, organizations from the state, but we also had national organizations show up. Um, For example, we had uh, Conrad Washington come, Mm -hmm. who is the director for the VA, national. He comes from Washington, D.C. He is the director for the VA Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. And so he spoke at our event, and he went and talked to every single one of the vendors, and he is supporting quite a few different organizations in Wyoming, uh, bringing together their resources from the VA with organizations. And one of those is the Lander Vet Center. 
That's <clears throat> perfect segue too, because you're heading there after this interview, correct? Yes, I am. Yes, and I that's am. Uh, Michael and Lloyd Tanner. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, we finally have uh, a physical location for it. And it's all coming together so quick. And what you said is a hundred percent true. Michael has been so motivated. Michael and Lori have been so motivated, so high energy of getting this ball rolling and. Uh, it's it's infectious. Uh, you know, I'm not a veteran myself, but to have family members, have had many friends, and uh, when even outside of that, being someone who hasn't had the experiences that they have, uh, I see it in his eyes and their eyes, and I want to help. So just think about how many other people want to potentially help when they see it too. Well, motivation is very attractive. We want to be a part of things that are great. And so I, if I can issue an invitation to come out and support the Lander Vet Center, if you believe it and you think this resource needs to happen, well, they need you as well. Mm -hmm. So let them know that you want them here by showing up. And I can tell you the vet, first Veterans Talking to Veterans uh, meeting will start in August, the very first Thursday of August, and then it will be every single Thursday. Thursday at seven o'clock uh, from then on. And so that's, yeah, where we're going to have the, the V to V uh, moments is going to be at the uh, Veterans Center here. The Landers so. Veterans Center. Very, yeah, well, that's, yeah start, Center. starting in August. And uh, right now, too, you're, you're kind of having mission filler up, mission impact right now. So you're looking for more. Right. We want veterans. We are looking to not only, so veterans will not only heal through the process, but they will grow through the process. When you are engaged in this process uh, of these group meetings, you walk out motivated. People walk out feeling good. So show up these, to these meetings if you feel good. But also show up to these meetings if you don't feel good. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is where you're supposed to be. Sometimes it's like, no, we, f we feel bad, so we don't want to show that and let people say, see it. Well, if you want to feel better, show up. <laughs> yeah, and, and learn how to talk through that and get through that moment, not shove it off to the side. Yes, yeah, so just participating uh, in these groups are going to make you feel good. And there's, there's things you can do within the group. Mm -hmm. uh, your ear is what is going to heal your, your brethren or sister, your brothers or sisters. So we can't emphasize enough. It's free. It's real coaching. <laughs> you will really grow from this event, from this experience. And Lori and, um, and Michael and also Wade is also uh, involved with the Lander Vet Center. They're also trained in individual coaching as well. So it's a place to come if you need support, help, or if you just want to grow. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have those skill sets. You have those skill sets, and uh, the large uh, part of that is, is thankful to the work that you guys are doing at Veterans to Talking to Veterans. And I just want uh, to ask here before we're about running out of time, um, how can folks uh, stay up to date on things going on with Veterans Talking to Veterans uh, website? Uh, if, if people are interested in maybe becoming a mentor or a coach, how do they reach out? VeteransTalkingToVeterans.com is a website that will take you right there. You can see the meetings across the state. And then there's information about the event uh, that was uh, just a couple months ago on Memorial Day. But you might see another event coming up here soon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so you can find, stay up to date with that information. There's a great little video about our event. Uh, and then there's events about our training. So there's the Veterans Talking to Veterans program 
which is an application process, or if you just want to be trained in our trauma-informed coaching uh, certification. And this is an important part of it. These coaches, by the time they finish, they can be credentialed by both the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching and the International Coaching Federation. That's amazing. Dual cre- uh, uh, credentialed. So it is a, they are very well trained. If they are interested, if somebody's interested, look, I just want to, I want to be a trauma-informed coach. I want to participate in Veterans Talking to Veterans. It's all on our website. Perfect. And before we let you get out of here today, was there anything else that uh, you think our listeners and eventual readers should know about either Veterans Talking to Veterans, the upcoming uh, uh, trainings, and uh, anything else? Spread the word. Spread the word. Invite somebody to come to the meeting with you. And if somebody's struggling, this is the place to invite them. You know, or invite them to listen because they are looking for meaning in life. Almost Anything, according to Viktor Frankl, almost anything is tolerable as long as it has meaning. And that's uh, uh, words to live by for everybody, for everybody, not just veterans, but for everybody, but in this case specifically, veterans. And once again, that was uh, Julie Ellidge from Veterans Talking to Veterans and Mentor Agility. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you, Vince. I really appreciate the work you're doing. All right, we'll take a quick commercial break, and we come back more today in the 10 after a quick word from our sponsors.